I didn't start this war, but I'm damn well gonna finish it. Because you're listening to Know the Lore Overwatch. has been a while, my friends, and we have been through some good times, some bad times, especially if you're a fan of Overwatch, but we are here with Overwatch 2 in our midst, and your lore master has returned. I am Chris, aka Spartacris, and I'm here to hook you up with some of that juicy story lore, and I know everyone's probably chomping at the bit to get right into all the new stuff, but there's going to be so much to cover and we need to build up from the bottom. I purposefully waited a while before posting a new episode, even though we were getting some new tidbits on old characters here and there in the books, comics, short stories. You consider the events with Blizzard the last couple years and you may understand why they weren't my favorite folks for a while, but enough about that. Most of the previous 25 episodes of Know the Lore really covered the basics of each hero, where they came from, how they became affiliated with Overwatch or opposed to Overwatch, or in some cases, well, not associated whatsoever. Well, what we know about many of these characters has grown since then, so it's only fair that we revisit a few things before diving into completely new territory and also establish a more solidified timeline of events. Let's begin. Jack Morrison. You know the basics. A good old American boy from the Bible Belt who joined the military once the Omnic Crisis began. After turning some heads with top brass, he was selected for the government's Soldier Enhancement Program, giving him superhuman speed, strength, and agility. He became Soldier 76. Likewise, another soldier from the West Coast, Gabriel Reyes, traveled a similar path, becoming Soldier 24. Later on, as the Omnic Crisis devastated the U.S. and other countries across the world, the United Nations began forming the International Task Force Overwatch, which would consist of the best of the best the world had to offer to fight back in this losing battle. Only two soldiers from the U.S.'s enhancement program were selected for this job, both Morrison and Reyes, of which Reyes, already having been a senior officer, was first put in charge of the strike team for the time being, though Morrison had a larger hand in the development of the team overall. Some of Morrison's efforts were recruitment, which included Dr. Mina Liao, formerly of the Omnica Corporation. His logic comes straight out of Sun Tzu's Art of War. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. So who better to help them understand the Omnics than someone who is instrumental in their development? One of the large projects Dr. Liao undertook after recruitment was the development of an intelligent AI system that could help gather and coordinate intelligence for the Overwatch team. This AI was named after the Greek goddess of wisdom, Athena. The others rounding up the team at this time included Anna Amari, Reinhard Wilhelm, and Torbjorn Lindholm. There are several other important figures Morrison met around this time, 
One was his true love, another soldier by the name of Vincent. However, as the war dragged on, Morrison saw no option for a normal life for the two of them. It's unknown how the relationship ended. However, Morrison continued to carry around a photo of the two of them together decades later. During an operation in Rio de Janeiro, they were finally able to end the Omnic crisis after years of nonstop bloodshed. And that's when the golden years of Overwatch really began as the organization expanded from a task force responding to the Omnic crisis to one that responds to all types of crises, terrorist organizations, climate change, natural disasters, and begins pioneering new advancements in science, technology, and medicine. Notable additions to the team at this time include Dr. Angela Ziegler, aka Mercy, as head of medical research, scientist and escapee from the Lunar Horizon colony, Winston, and climatologist Mei-Ling Zhou on the science side of Overwatch's aspirations. Vivian Chase, who I mentioned earlier, codenamed Sojourn, and Lena Oxton, codenamed Tracer, were recruits to Overwatch proper. And then there comes Blackwatch, the need for a secret strike team to carry out the not-so-friendly missions the public would be better off not knowing about. Gabriel Reyes was in charge of this team, recruiting Genji Shimada, Cole Cassidy, and Moira Odiran. Additionally, Dr. Liao created a new robot with an adaptive AI, serving as an Overwatch team member for a limited time until it was shut down, named Project Echo. This is the time period in which Overwatch flourished. They were heroes. They had cereals, cartoons. They were on lunchboxes. They swooped in and saved the day when the bad guys amassed or when the world seemed dark. Until the Venice incident. An attack occurs on an Overwatch facility in Oslo, killing many and wounding more, including Gerard Lacroix, a high-ranking member and personal friend of both Jack Morrison and Gabriel Reyes. After investigating this last attack, it's confirmed to have been orchestrated by Talon, but this time, Commander Jack Morrison has a lead, and it ties back to a man with connections to the Italian government, a man named Antonio Bartolotti. Morrison wanted Antonio brought to justice to answer for his crimes in front of the Italian government and by the book. Reyes disagreed, thinking that the government would essentially just pardon him because he's too valuable to them. They do agree to at least have Blackwatch infiltrate his home in Rialto and bring Antonio into Overwatch HQ for questioning. Once Reyes and his team corner Antonio, Reyes pulls out his gun and kills Antonio in cold blood. Word spreads fast that not only did Overwatch murder someone in their own home, someone that had close ties to the Italian government, but they had also been conducting these covert operations behind closed doors using the Blackwatch team for some time. The inclusion of Moira on the team, a disgraced scientist and someone who was seen as extremely dangerous, only made the situation worse in the news media. And although Overwatch continued to fulfill their duties, such as ending the King's Row uprising from Null Sector and capturing Talon heads like Maximilian and Doomfist, they were no longer trusted by the public, let alone any governing body. As tension began to boil between Overwatch and the rest of the world, tensions also boiled between Morrison and Reyes. A battle takes place between the two, with varying agents on either side at the Overwatch Swiss headquarters, 
which causes an explosion and ultimately leads to the official deaths of both Jack Morrison and Gabriel Reyes. But, you know, official in quotes. However, as the dust settles, the UN became privy to all of Overwatch's dirty laundry, which eventually led to the Petrus Act, a piece of legislature which disbanded Overwatch and outlawed all Overwatch-related activity. As a result, the majority of Overwatch agents move on with their lives, some operate in secret, and some begin to see their values in this new era align with those that they once called foes. For instance, people like Gabriel Reyes, who was horribly injured but was not dead and could only rely on something extraordinary to save his life. And his savior came in the form of his old Blackwatch subordinate, Moira. She used rapid cell repairing experimentation to keep Reyes in the game, but he was too radically changed by that point. Maybe Reyes really was dead, because only Reaper was left. And Reaper was a soldier. He needed a cause. And lucky for him, Moira had a place for her old boss. And we don't know if it was a recent venture. However, rumors amass that maybe, just maybe, Moira had been working for Talon all along. Whatever the case, both Moira and Reaper were soon sitting at the head of the table, along with the rest of Talon's leaders. And Talon grew in influence as a major threat to the world, with no one to put them in check, as did the dangerous Omnic terrorist cell Null Sector. While most Overwatch agents were completely off the board or hiding in the shadows, some, like Tracers, still made attempts to take matters into their own hands and thwart these groups where they could. But they just weren't enough, as witnessed by the assassination of the Shambhali leader Takartha Mandata in King's Row, the prison escapes of Doomfist and Maximilian, and the near assassination of Katya Volskaya of Volskaya Industries. After an assassination attempt on Winston's life at Watchpoint Gibraltar at the hands of Reaper, as he also attempted to hack into Athena and extract the locations of all former living Overwatch agents, Winston initiates recall sending out a distress message recalling all operatives to reconvene despite the Petrus Act. Once this happens, the only Overwatch agents that returned to the fold at Winston's call was Tracer and May, as they responded to a Null Sector attack on Paris. However, during the battle, they were joined also by former members Genji, Mercy, and Reinhardt, along with Reinhardt's apprentice and daughter of former teammate Torbjorn Lindholm, Brigida. In their time of need, soaring through the skies also appeared a newly revived Echo, thanks to the efforts of Cole Cassidy, who was nowhere to be seen at this time, because he had been on another mission, and we'll get to that in a moment. Once this reformed team returned to their HQ at Watchpoint Gibraltar, they also found Sojourn waiting along with another new recruit named Lucio. But again, where was our gunslinging, name-changing cowboy? He had ventured out to track down a ghost, and by ghost, I mean he received some intel leading him to believe Anna Amari wasn't dead. And he was right. The intel came from Anna herself, and he found her hiding out in Egypt. Little did he know that she also had been in touch with another former teammate of theirs, now turned vigilante, going by the name Soldier 76. Cassidy talked with Anna about his hopes and his fears, and that the team needed leaders. However, Anna helped him to understand that that could be his role 
And she also provided him with data on additional extraordinary people out there that just needed his guidance. And so Cassidy went about his mission to bring a new gang together. This included Anna's own daughter, Faria Amari, codenamed Farah. As he was looking for his next recruit, he was set upon by somebody else, ex-former talent agent Jean-Baptiste Augustin, who, after a bit of fighting back and forth amongst themselves before fighting against their foes together, Baptiste gained Cassidy's trust and also his place among the new Overwatch team. The next recruit was Alexandra Zaryanova, codenamed Zarya, before the team ended up in South Korea meeting with the Mecha Squad, of which Hana Song, codenamed Diva, became the liaison from the Mecha Squad to Overwatch, joining the team. So, with the story up to date, let's do a quick recap of some of the factions and the status of the heroes of Overwatch and where they are at the beginning of Overwatch 2. Overwatch has reformed and has lots of members, seemingly led by Cole Cassidy, Winston, and Sojourn. The rest of the team includes Diva, Reinhardt, Zarya, Echo, Genji, May, Farah, Tracer, Baptiste, Brigida, Lucio, and Mercy. Athena is the AI system that helps coordinate the team, but is a non-playable character. Talon is led by an inner circle of leaders that include its head, Doomfist, along with Reaper, Moira, and NPCs Maximilian and Sanjay Korpal, who also works for the Vishkar Corporation, where Symmetra actually works as well. Other talent agents include Sigma, Sombra, Widowmaker, and the NPC Mauga. The rest are mostly unaligned, but we've also got a few partners out there as well, such as Junkrat and Roadhog, who are presumably out pulling off crimes, probably successful at least, you know, once in a while, except when it comes to trying to assassinate the Junker Queen, which failed miserably. The Junker Queen continues her reign in Junkertown. Torbjorn and Bastion actually met, became traveling companions, and eventually friends, changing Torbjorn's outlook on Omnix as a whole, and allowing Bastion some much-needed upgrades. Orisa has been going on adventures with her creator, the NPC Effie, after becoming local heroes for repelling Doomfist during a fight in Numbani. Likewise, Hammond, aka Wrecking Ball, is also having his own solo adventures exploring the world. Soldier 76 and Anna are waging their own war against Talon, last seen tracking their movements through Europe after leaving Cairo. Symmetra is still working for the Vishkar Corporation and was last seen helping restore damage to a Shambhali temple alongside of Zenyatta. Kiriko is defending her community against the Hashimoto clan. The whereabouts of Hanzo and Ash, and by proxy, Bob, are completely unknown at this time. And that, my friends, is where Overwatch 2 begins. Now, with all that said, here's the kicker about upcoming episodes. I do have a few more episodes planned, but that's going to be it for the podcast. And you might be like, wait, why? You're just now coming back. Here's the thing. I love the world of Overwatch. I love the characters of Overwatch. However, I don't love the game of Overwatch like I used to. Part of that is just because I think, honestly, Overwatch 2 has been terribly mismanaged. The gameplay is not bad, but the lack of updates up until this point, the battle pass system, it all left a lot to be desired, to be honest. 
So when Overwatch 2 dropped, I was so excited for the first couple weeks. And then after those first couple weeks, I was kind of like, huh. Well, that's it then, huh? Now, at the same time, to be fair, we've got a lot of other things going on at NerdSloth and we're having to trim the fat, so to say. At the moment, we're trying to manage a lot of things with a very, very small team. Plus, as a personal thing, I've got a baby on the way. So that's also going to take priority. All in all, it means I'm still going to do a few more episodes of the podcast before we set it to sale. But if you do want more content from myself, especially gaming content, you can check out nerdsloth.com, youtube.com slash nerdsloth, where I have lots of Let's Plays, or twitch.tv slash nerdsloth to catch me playing games live. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I truly appreciate you lending me your ears and circuitry. And remember, old soldiers never die, and they don't fade away. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, like, subscribe, comment, or share this episode, as every little bit you do helps the show and helps me out tremendously. Know the Lore is recorded and produced by NerdSloth. More episodes can be found at nerdsloth.com along with our other shows. You can find us on most social media platforms at NerdslothHQ. Music heard during the show is the Overwatch Victory theme remixed by DJ Afixia. Go to afixia.com to hear more. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.